On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartender. Hello, everyone out there. Um, it's another week at the Ale House. Welcome to another show. This is Pub Crawl Liz. This is the genius. Why don't you always say? Ger- why don't you have to say geriatric? Because I prefer it. I know, but this is because I think that's ageist. To keep bringing You're the up one the who gave yourself that, that damn name. I didn't give it to me. Who did? Some asshole gave it yourself. to me. Yourself. No. <laughs> no. I think it was you. No, somebody added on. I think my daughter. I think actually, I think <laughs> it was my daughter. That's, that's real nice of you. Some well, asshole, and it was Gracie. Well, that's was, not nice. It was an asshole thing to do. Well, I think genius. I'm a standalone genius. I mean, okay. I mean, I, I can I can handle the, but I do think it's ageist. Whatever. It's apropos for the place we're in. Yeah, so I'm going to call myself genius. Um, we have had an interesting week. We, but had, all, we, we always have interesting oh. weeks. <laughs> um, we have a guest, another guest today, but let's start with a little recap. Uh, and well, this guest won't bolt uh, like the last <laughs> yeah. guest. The last guest, we had a very short window for the last guest because the last guest was a crackhead, and crackheads tend to be, you know, they're not stable. Really? Yeah. The most crackheads I know are incredibly stable. Really? I don't know any. Well, except you, probably, for Jimmy. you probably only know lesbian ones. Oh, God. Is that the guy who was just brandishing a two by four uh, yeah. only moments ago? <laughs> I think our guest witnessed so, that. We had a little incident out in front of the bar. So Jimmy just tried to beat somebody up with a two by four. Well, there was a very large black guy intruding in his space. And Jimmy asked me to go out and uh, correct the situation. When I saw the size of this guy, I told Jimmy to go fuck himself. I'm not going to go mess with this guy. And so Jimmy went and found a great big two-by-four and comes charging down the street, so I had to kind of get in the middle. Would Bruce Elliott of the early 1960s in Portrait of a Genius, would he have gone after that guy? I think I would have tried to use diplomacy, unlike our there's president. Because there's a little uh, uh, bit in your second book where this big Texan challenges you do. It wasn't it. really so big. He was about 5'10", but very wide. Big yeah, shoulders, but he, but he kicked, your, he muscles. kicked your ass. Oh, I wouldn't call it that because who won the fight? Who ran? Who um, took off? Who was the last man standing? Well, there's more to the story. Yes. But yes, you. Yeah, exactly. But there was a reason uh, that's why not a loss. That's not a loss when a guy injures himself injuring you and takes off. That's not a lot. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read your second book because it's a nice little... Uh, it's a wonderful story. I finished it this weekend. Yeah. On the plane, coming back from New Orleans. Did our guest ever read that book? I did. Oh, see, I told you. I, I, I did. Don't quiz me, though. Oh, well, see? No. Uh-huh. He expects everyone to memorize every yeah, single thing he writes because yeah, it's I, so brilliant. I, I really want to quiz everybody. I know you do. Books, yeah. I know. Last night I was telling him, like, oh, my God, I finished it, and let me tell you, I have all these questions, and he was mesmerized. He was so into all of my questions. He just seen those little smile on his face. It's true. Well, I would, no, it's more shocked the fact that you could actually sit down long enough, your concentration span was long enough to read a book. Well, you I know, mean, it's not a book. What, it was your book. I was shocked. Mm. 
anyway, I did finish it. I will say uh, it was good. I think I liked the first one it better. I'm, good. I'm looking Splendid. forward to reading the third one. As am I. Yeah. Oh, my I've God. I've read both. So before we introduce our guest for today, um, we have been getting a lot of great feedback about our last episode, which was episode number nine, which featured Street Jimmy. Um, people were excited to, to hear him for the first time, the, the legend. Um, and I just keep getting that, that feedback back. So uh, Street Jimmy was a hit. Even though he was on for all of thirty-seven seconds. No, he, he was on for. Yeah, all right. Oh, and I will say. But, but I also you, you you kept telling me not to hurry up and, and I get. I forgot in who I was dealing with. Yeah, well, you, you certainly I know. Did. <laughs> um, but I will say, oh, welcome to Jordan, uh, who am I? Who I am now calling our own personal Jesus. Okay. Because, kind of looks like Jesus, and he's ours. Everybody needs a personal Jesus. I know. He looks um, like a shaved genius, uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, and Jesus welcome. without a beard. It's kind of weird. <laughs> welcome to Rock and Roll Ruth again. Always here to uh, be on the without ready for us. Without headsets, so we have to get her a set of headsets. Yeah, we'll get so her a set of headsets. that's your job. Of course it is. As always, I'll add it to my list. Um, and we have a live studio audience today. We Aside do. from people in the bar, we actually have people sitting at the table with us. We have the Mogul family. The Mogul family are here. Phil from the England. Mogul from England. It looks like they're back, ready to settle back down the Chicago area. I know. Too. I'm excited to have them Although back. Although the uh, youngest Mogul is a um, film student at uh, Southern California University. And we're very proud. That, that would, I think camera. that would be the University of Southern California. Well, they're in agreement. I mean, I... Okay. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I mean, I looked over... And they is, said yes. This is why I'm reiterating the geriatric part of the genius. And it looks like the mogul is kind of checking, uh, sticking his toe in the water and see whether it'd be he safe. Be, we want him to. <laughs> we want him to be a guest, but yeah, I think we, we we've never had a mogul. I think so. this is our interview. He's interviewing uh, us right now by being silent and just present. Well, we're auditioning for him. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, live studio audience, feel free to uh, clap. Laugh, cry, whatever you guys need to do while we're recording this. Um, the other thing I will tell you about our last podcast and the comments we had were that uh, people appreciate the fact that we're shortening the podcast. The only person who said, no, screw that, was Dato, who I appreciated that. Well, Dato, and we, we, we respect Dato's opinion. Yeah, I like the theatric opinion. Yeah, Let's talk about the comments we got about the podcast, actually, that were in the podcast that actually related to you. So okay. they both came from the same user. His name is Isle of Man. Uh-huh. Isle of Pussy. Uh, and um, he wanted to let you know that... So we talked about... In the last podcast, we talked about one of your good friends, Harry, who is known for being a womanizer. Yes. And he wanted to, he wanted to say... A legendary womanizer. Legendary. He wanted to say there's a reality check here. Harry was so strung out on meth and booze that he had a... A reputation amongst women for not being able to get it up. True or false? Well, I would say uh, Isle of Pussy would probably know better because I knew everybody knows Isle of Pussy likes it up a poop hole. And so if Harry couldn't get it up when he was trying to stick it up his poop hole, maybe uh, Isle of Pussy knows more than we uh, So I, I'll defer to Isle of Pussy. That's probably one of the most intelligent replies I've ever heard. Thank you. Uh, he also wrote, hey, Liz, only 90% of what Bruce tells you is BS. 
Yeah, well, I'll the pussy. That's why, because you're afraid to put your goddamn name down. Why don't you put your name down? We'll have a little fun. Fuck face. Okay, well, so we, I, I actually like comments. Yeah, <laughs> I like comments Bad too. Or good. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I can tell. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was the comments. Uh, I, I can't, I can't really reply to those, but I'm glad. I guess you did. I want to also reiterate, as I try to do every podcast. Sometimes I forget, which is probably a major mistake on my part. Uh, things that Bruce says are not my own opinion. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Would you like to introduce our next guest? Well, well f- first of all, everybody is. Liz is not a genius, and I am. So obviously, uh, her opinions are not going to be the same as mine. I'll, I, I mean, that, guy, that's, that goes without saying. If that's what that means, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. Uh, would you like to introduce our next guest? Well, first I'm going to Mirandize him. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, raise your right hand. Stephen Walker, Stephen the actor. Um, anything you say may be used against you in a court of public opinion. Do you agree to appear on a show? I, I agree. Could you, I, I look forward to being embarrassed, embarrassed by this later. And um, <laughs> could, you, you, to get, could you do that in one of your dialects, please? Uh... Could I you? look forward to the b- b- big bear. There, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so he agrees. That means we don't have to edit anything. Yeah, like, we like when when the so-called c-word tried to have us uh, expunge our entire podcast. Um, oh, so that's what that means. That's all that means. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we don't want to give Jordan any more work because we like him and we want him to stay around. Right. Um, Exactly. Would you want to do an official introduction? Well, Stephen Walker is one of my absolute favorite Chicago actors. It's a really great uh, catch for us to get him on. And um, I've admired his work. He can do very frightening, kind of intimidating kind of characters, which I really like. I, I really dig that. And um, <laughs> shocker, that's a shocker to me. Yeah. that you would like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a lot I don't know about him, so that's why I'm really interested to have him on tonight. Because I think I'm the I'm the first actor to appear on the podcast. Yeah. you are. And I think we're gonna have we've got access to quite a few, so oh, you're yeah. you're gonna be first in quite a long line. I so think I'm the most important actor who comes to the <coughs> Well, so I'm sure H B would probably disagree. See, I knew it. These guys always they're so competing let's for give all a little this background. Two minutes to bring up H B. Let's they're, give a little they, background. They compete for all the same roles. <laughs> and I mean Steven? they both is uh, often uh, appears in performances over at a Red Orchid Theater, which is just down the street from the Ale House. Yes. So we have a very strong connection yes. with that particular theater. Uh, a lot of the actors and directors and writers uh, frequent the Ale House and come here. In fact, last night there was a big shebang. Yeah, their opening night. In fact, uh, Stephen, how'd you like that opening night? I, uh, Victims of Duty at Red Orchid. I, it's it's the run is sold out, but get on the waiting list. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's great. What's it about? It's UNESCO. So it's, <laughs> uh, okay. So it's it's crazy. It's it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, it's if you it, it would be a fool's errand to try to make sense of it. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the characters comes out later in the play and, <laughs> and says, "You shouldn't try to make <laughs> make sense of this play," and name checks UNESCO himself. Um, but if you like. Dangerous, hilarious, uh, 
Chicago style in your face theater. This is your show. <coughs> Sounds uh, like you're I, describing the Ale House. Well, yeah. Ale House is dangerous and hilarious. And, yeah. yeah. All right. So everyone uh, try to get on that waiting list. Well, uh, uh, tell us yeah. who, tell us about the cast. It's kind of so, an interesting yeah, Mike, cast. Yeah, Mike Mike Shannon uh, is in it, and uh, Guy Van Swearingen, <coughs> and uh, uh, Mirka Gerton, and uh, Karen Aldrich. Uh, it's one of the 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 three people in the in the main uh, part of the show are are Guy and Mike, and uh, an actress named Karen Aldrich. And Guy and Mike, have, you know, they, they did this show in 1995. And so this is like a, you know, a 20 plus year remount. And, but Mike and Guy have been acting together for, you know, all this well, time. Well, they founded the theater, right? Yeah, they founded the theater. And Karen Aldrich uh, uh, holds her own with these guys. Never, I don't think she's ever done a Red Orchid show. Uh, and then some. Like, she is, she is absolutely amazing. As is the rest of the cast. Rich Kotovsky's in it, and uh, it's just it's just an amazing, amazing experience to see the show. And, and, and I hate everything, so that's you know. <laughs> and the director is a Piven. Yeah, sure. a, a nice Piven apparently. She's There's very nice. Sure, nice Piven. Piven. Yeah, yeah. Her, her brother's a real asshole, but we won't hold that against her, will we? No. All that. I mean, that's right. Steven's an actor, and he can't be saying things that well, I, I say. Steven. I could talk shit. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, but we don't want you to, you know, make career-ending. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Jeremy. Okay. Um, I'm excited to check it out uh, during its run here. Uh, Stephen, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? All that good stuff. Oh boy. Uh, well, I'm uh, I grew up on the northwest side, Avondale and uh, Jefferson Park, and uh, lived uh, all over the north side. I. Uh, um, Went through Second City, and that was the first time I ever went to the Yale House. When probably before I was twenty-one, because they, did, they didn't card who, very aggressively who, back who then. Who were the classes? Who, who, who were they? I had Martin Demott. I had um, Michael Gelman. Oh, Michael! He used to be a uh, yeah, he used to he be a, a regular very here. regular. And guess why he's not one now? Why is that? Because he had a big coke problem. Yeah, and um, he blames the Yale House for his coke problem. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Well, Don DePolo. Uh, we call Don DePolo Don DePolio. Don DePolio. That was his name. Yeah. Uh, I remember he was one of my teachers, too. Don I, was a great guy. I love Don. Don was beautiful. Uh, I, it reminds me of uh, what Del Close said at his funeral, which everybody got up and and uh, said nice things about Don. And uh, the first thing the first thing out of Del's mouth was, uh, I can't believe nobody's talked about the Coke and Hookers. <laughs> Yeah, well, Del, uh, Del, the last time Del, there was a little gay black guy that worked over at Second City, and Del, Del was quite a very talented guy, and he, you know he was he was banging Elaine May, kind of broke up a little bit, Mike Nichols and Elaine May, by uh, is that right? Yeah, oh yeah, wow. yeah, he was he was popping it to Elaine, hmm. but um, so he so but anyway, Del had major drug problems as we yeah. all know. So there was this little guy, his name was Tony Burrell, this little, maybe 120 pounds soaking wet, little gay guy, horrible little person. I mean, he was always doing something malevolent. So he was over here sitting on a stool, close walks in and cold cocks him, knocks little Burrell off, and then leaves. So that was the last time Dell ever came in. <laughs> Man. Just a fine, well, that's a wonderful memories. 
Well, his portrait, uh, you know, well, he was on. He's on the original mural, of course. Well, I, yeah, LS. he's on the mural. He's one of the rare ones on the original mural, and then I did a portrait of him. Yeah, too, of the celebrity wall. Right, right. Yep. Okay, so. Um, uh, went through, uh, yeah. So anyway, went through Second City, and then you know, went had a checkered academic career. Uh, and, checkered? Uh, Where'd you go to school? I went to. <laughs> Five different colleges. Really? Uh, yes, I went to SIU. I went to two community colleges, Loop and Harper. And I went to DePaul for a year, and uh, that's when I started to get serious about acting, and I absolutely hated it. And, hated uh, acting or the hated, school? Hated DePaul. Yeah. And I then uh, went to uh, Columbia College, where I studied under Sheldon Patinkin, and again Sheldon. with Martin DeMott. Martin De yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheldon, Sheldon was one of the best. My two favorite teachers in the world were Sheldon and uh, Martin DeMott. Well, Sheldon was really the brains behind Second City. Oh, yeah. B Bernie Salins was the businessman. Yeah. Although the guy that's running it now makes Bernie look like he never even went... Uh, He's, he's figured out how to squeeze, to squeeze money over there that Bernie could only dream of. Yeah, but when Bernie started it, no, they didn't have the reputation it had today. Oh, bullshit. They had a great reputation. Well, it was apples and oranges. No, it's not yes, apples it and oranges. It's businessmen. It's businessmen. The early 1960s, but, but anyway, Second City is anyway, different than back 2018. To Sheldon, uh, Sheldon was really a very talented guy. And, Sheldon and, was the brains behind uh, a lot of theater. I mean, he, he yeah. mentored all of, all of Steppenwolf. He had mentored so many companies, yeah, he so was, many actors that when he was running the theater department at Columbia. He was an amazing, amazing And man. actually, I actually saw him uh, back in, I think it would have been about 66. It was when um, uh, they had a really great cast over there. Bob Klein... And Fred Willard, and oh, who was the other guy that we used to play football in the park? But uh, Sheldon would occasionally go on stage and do stuff, and he was quite good. Yeah. So yeah, he was a, he, a very, very interesting guy. Very interesting guy. He so, used to. Yeah, I remember one thing that Sheldon said. Uh, uh, he had a lot of like little Sheldonisms, you know, and one of them was, uh, "Don't, don't." I don't know if this will make sense to non-actors, but don't play the end at the beginning. Think about that, like well, you know, like actors who play what what eventually happens to their characters, rather than you know, you know, than what's happening now. Get to the end, you know. Uh, you want to you want to experience the arc, of the character, right, as exactly. they say. Yeah, yeah. I know my I know my stuff. Do you know your yeah. stuff? Arc. That's very I, good, Liz. I play one on TV. Oh. <laughs> Um, so, so then, yeah, then I did, uh, you know, then I, after I got out of college, I, I was a part of, uh, several different theater companies and, uh, mostly focusing on original plays and, uh, and I went out to LA for a short and unfortunate time and, and then, uh, <laughs> discouraging time, uh, yeah. uh, came back and, uh, here I am and now I'm, you know, drinking with you guys. Well, that's a success story. If well, I've I mean, heard of one. Clearly, <laughs> I, I've won. Clearly, your arc is going up. Then, if it's you're here, absolutely going up. <laughs> um, so, do you, as an actor, uh, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What What was unfortunate about Los Angeles? Um. Well, it's it, it, it's, uh, it was more boring than I thought it was going to be. It kind of, it's, I mean, everybody's here. The thing is, you have to understand is everybody's experience is different. So I, I am not discouraging anybody from going to LA. You know, I think every actor should 
you know, do the L.A. or the New York thing, you know, if you've been here all your life. But um, it's a very weird, isolating place. It takes forever to get anything going. The theater scene is kind of lacking because it's mostly about film and television, sure. you know? And I came from, you know, doing Chicago, uh, Chicago theater my whole life. I, you know, I went out there when I was like 40. So, you know, to a town that worships youth, yeah. you know, so, uh, uh, you know, it's just a weird, isolating town. And I, I, I came from Chicago theater where I was always doing something. And out there, I, I just, you know, I worked my day job, it was horrible jobs in, in various reality TV shows. And, uh, and then, you know, and just got, it just went out of my mind a little bit, just uh, not having a creative outlet like I normally did. And, and, uh, and there were other things too, like, you know, my, I was worried about my family a little bit. My mom like, got a little sick and, you know, I was worried about her. I wanted to be closer to her. And frankly, just really, really missed Chicago theater. So, yeah. so would you say as an actor, you your heart sort of is in theater <coughs> versus film or television or any other sort of genre? Well, it is. Uh, you know, I, I uh, when I do uh, film and television, it's not like a collaborative thing. You know, it's you know you get hired. Here's your lines. You know, show up, do the job, go home. It's not like, you know, my friend, the playwright, wants me to be in his play, and my other friend, the director, you know, wants me to, you know, be in it, and, you know, and we all collaborate on it. So, yeah, I would say so, yeah. It's more more in the theater than, than film you... and television. But that could exist at some point if I, get, you know, ever get to... I, I, I did, uh, I have collaborated on low-budget films with friends, and that's a, kind of a similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting to me how people who grew up in Chicago and were involved in theater or in the arts of some, some way, shape, or form end up going to either coast, but their heart is always sort of here yeah. and try their best to make it work, you know, here at home. Um, and I think you see that with a lot of more, I guess, famous actors who are from Chicago. It's like, it's like how do I how do I work and make Chicago my base? And that's always been sort of curious. I wonder if it's like more like a, a Chicago thing where we just, you know, are so connected and passionate about our town or if it's really a place where just kind of anything goes as opposed to New York or Los Angeles. Well, Chicago is a unique town as far as theater goes. I mean, it's, it's unlike, you know, any other place just in terms of generating uh, original material and, uh, you know, uh, and you know, Mike Mike Shannon's a perfect example. I mean, that guy, you know, he he does, you know, he travels the world and does movies everywhere, and he's got this dream film career. But he uh, is so passionate and just desperately wants to come back and keep coming back and doing theater, you know, at Red Orchid, where he found, you know, which he co-founded. So, well, yeah. the Chicago theater scene really changed, though, since I. Uh, moved into Chicago in 61 because then in the early 60s it was Hull House Theater, the little theater over the Bob Sickinger uh, was doing kind of amazing stuff but there was no um, there was there there was no um, equity to speak of I mean with those he, he was getting all these actors didn't have to pay him practically any, or, I don't think he I don't think Sickinger paid him anything you had Second City Hull House 
beyond that, there was hardly any little theaters. And then, I would say by the 70s, all of a sudden, it started opening up. And of course, the, yeah. one, the one problem was that the little theaters, everybody started joining Actors' Equity, and so instead of being able to do a cast of 16, they had to do a cast of six. I mean, it affected the... Yeah. And they didn't start to stop doing really daring stuff because, you you, were, you know, was, there were, you had to pay your equity people to stuff. So there was, there was a, a very significant change, but you have way, way more theaters now. I, you know, that's interesting. I don't know any. I don't know too much about theater history in our city, but I do know that you know even during the late 19th century, early 19th century, we were a theater town. You know, we had a lot of vaudeville. We had a lot of elaborate theaters down where all the theaters are now, uh, along Randolph and such. And like there are even stories of um, Abraham Lincoln, you know, coming to the city and him going to the theater and with his wife and you know him doing things at city hall while she's out shopping like i think it's always been something that has been very much part oh, of our, we've of always our had, place we've always had really the big theaters you know with the big blockbuster stuff coming in from new york yeah. oh yeah we've always had that we've always had at least six seven maybe ten theaters that were anything like that i'm just talking about what what uh steve is talking about now the kind of experimental small theaters um that, that's fairly new yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess, you know, would you say, like, I wasn't there at the time, but, like, our, you know, I, I imagine Organic was probably one of the first, like, kind of experimental theaters, and, you know. Well, well the, I remember when the Steppenwolf people, uh, Malkovich, I, I remember I was, uh, I'd just gotten back, back from California in 76, and I was going to every little theater then. And it was cheap, and there was really great stuff going on. Well, I remember going over the to the to uh, the Hull House, and the Steppenwolf, the Steppenwolf uh, gang had just they did two one act plays. I remember telling a friend of mine, Pat Colander, was doing feature stuff for the trip. Get over there because it's Malkovich and Lori Medcalf. You can't. They're going to be big. I, at least I predicted that correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- and the organic. Well, Stuart Stuart Gordon. In the organic beer. <coughs> yeah, there were Bob Falls was there too, wasn't he? Bob Falls was over on Howard Street doing the Wisdom, the Wisdom Bridge. Wisdom Bridge, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. And by the way, what an asshole. What an asshole that guy. Wasn't I watched a- I watched him direct um, what was it what was the the uh, play about the new Anyway, I, I got to watch him up close and personal. Wasn't there uh, uh, up uh, in Wrigleyville the Remains Theater? Yeah. Uh, that, isn't well, that Bill Peterson? Remains was, yeah, that was Billy Peterson. Uh, and, well, they uh, also were the St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas players was in the Hull House. Uh, that was Mammoth yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. Well, Mammoth's a whole show. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a whole show on that now. Why are you looking the... all sinister-like when because, you say that? Because there's few people I despise on the face of the earth more than David Mammoth. Boy. And well, people, right? Do you you do you acknowledge? I don't re- no, I acknowledge nothing. You, you don't acknowledge nothing. that American Buffalo is a great play, no. or Glengarry no. Glen Ross. No, or, there's no, a few good them. scenes. A few good scenes of Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. That's it. Nothing more. Look at he that, is look an at that absolute, face he's making. absolute mediocrity, pussy ass, punk ass bitch. And by the way, he's a neo-Nazi now too. Well, yeah, he's, uh, his politics has gotten a little—he's got a little yeah. uh, you know weird why? in his old age. You know why? Because everybody realized every, every, he's been exposed. He thought he was an intellectual, and then when <laughs> come on, please. 
So, uh, yeah, he's a very bitter guy. <laughs> Steve, when was there one theater experience when you were a kid or something that you just witnessed, something that you went through when you were just like, I want to do that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 we used to have, uh, when I was in Avondale, uh, we used to go to uh, Avondale Park for uh, what we call day camp. Did you go to day camp, Liz? I did not. No? Okay. Well, she's a little Mexican girl. I don't think they let little Mexican girls go to day camp, do they? Um, I was a latchkey kid, and I would I would also go play uh, Little League at Oz Park. Oh, okay. really? Mm-hmm. Oz Park? Is that around yeah. where you grew up? Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. That's where we knew. Yeah. Well, I forget uh, how young you are. Just look at me. Yeah, I mean, you do. You know... <laughs> Anyway, this isn't a great story, but we were doing uh, skits, and uh, uh, I was playing uh, Dr. Frankenstein, and uh, somebody uh, uh, knocked something over backstage and made this huge sound, and I, uh, this is when I was like, you know, like seven years old or whatever, and I improvised a line, I was like, oh, that's just, that's just, uh, you know, the monster playing with his toys. And it got a huge <laughs> laugh. Just, you know, and I, I remember like just going like, wow, this is a powerful feeling to make a whole room, you know, break up over something that just yeah. came to my head. And that was kind of a formative moment. Um, of course, and that's improv- improvisation. And, you know, me and Bruce uh, share uh, our feelings about improvisation. Well, there's something sure. worse. It's called mime. Yeah. <laughs> There's Jesus. one thing worse. Yeah. Um, was there, and did you ever have any sort of uh, experience where you went to actually see a movie or a play or something that? I think, uh, you know, uh, 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 seeing Saturday Night Live uh, at an early age was uh, formative. Um, and Monty Python on PBS, you know, and it's on Channel 11, that was big. Um, that's what I, you know, I really wanted to do is comedy for yeah. a long time. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Well, here you are. And here I am. Yeah. Can I just interrupt our lovely conversation real quick Please to say do. that Phil the Mogul is actually drinking Polish martinis too? Yeah. Wow. This, oh, is, real, this is really upsetting to and me. And by the way, find some refreshing. And what it, for our listeners, what is a Polish martini? It's a Bud Light on a pint glass full of ice. So you're making your water extra watery. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we're not some whiny little... No, I always say drink what you like. I'm not that kind of beer person. No, no, but you're, I'm just no, saying you're a beer snob. You are a beer snob. She's are having she's a craft beer, for God's sake. She's a I, beer I, well, snob. I, that's what I say. I like the taste. You guys enjoy the taste of what you're drinking. What are you uh, drinking, Steve? I'm drinking a High Life and uh, Powers Irish whiskey. See? We're all I drinking like, what I we like. like. I like cheap beer and good whiskey. I'm drinking oh. a half-acre daisy cutter. I, I, I like, well, I'm not going to say. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, cause Why are you censoring yourself, Bruce? I love cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women, and don't forget the wild, wild women. Rock and roll Ruth. Rock and roll Ruth, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Which, by the way, I think I'm slowly convincing the genius to let her be a guest on the podcast. I don't care. If she wants to come on, she can come on. All right. Well, we can learn about her wild ways, her wild past. Oh, if you have something to add, my mic is... 
Her sexual exploits with rock stars is legendary. I know. I can't. That's why I want her to get talk. Okay. Um, All right. That's fine. another show. So again, sorry to interrupt. I'm just saying it's it's taking me a minute to digest exactly what's happening with Phil Mobile. Interesting, Mogul. you say digest. I know. I know. Very interesting. I've chosen my words carefully. Um, genius, do, do you recall a time when you were a baby genius and you saw something, a theatric experience that sort of made you realize that you were going to love the theater? Because I know you don't like movies. Yeah. yeah, I did, actually. You don't like new movies. You like old movies. No, but I like, I mean, if it's good. But I, no, I, I always give you a laundry a, list of movies to see. I know, and you're I'm like, not eh, going to be a eh. guinea pig. And by the way, ask, ask, ask Ruth how I watch movies. I go over to Showtime. And I watch about three or four minutes of so about 25 movies realize how much I hate Ugh. my hatred. They're so bad now. Oh, my God, are they they're bad. They're terrible now. And, and they're special Music and effects. movies are just... The, the, you know, I, it says a I lot agree. about our society that, uh, the, you know, all the, all the major art forms are experiencing an all-time low as our society is falling apart. It really is like Rome. Mm. I think that's. I assume that's no. what happened with Rome. The movies. Good comparison. The movies got really shitty, and then it <laughs> fell. Right. Yeah. People started drinking nasty beer over ice. <sighs> oh, now that's you know. <laughs> um, well, was there genius? Yeah. Focus. Just, w- w- what's the play where um, they keep the two old ladies keep um, poisoning? Um, oh, what's and they keep poisoning. They say and, and oh, they, uh, the old lace. I just like old ladies. I was in I mean, that play when I was at community college. It's a Harper, great, it's a wonderful play. Well, anyway, it was at the Downers Grove Artillery Theater. The Downers Grove little theater group, they had a little play. So my mother said, you know, just anything to get me the hell out of the house. So uh, she said, Go, I was just a little kid. I was about 10 or something like that. So I went to see uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. And I fell on my chair about three or four times. Why? Because yeah, it was so fig- funny. Oh, well, wow. Okay. Got, because the little Teddy Roosevelt, the Teddy Roosevelt brother, character kills. He yeah. keeps taking all so the funny. dead people down the basement and burying them. I was just laughing. It's like, still God, funny. Ass off. Yep. Yeah, that, that hooked me. I wanted to see everything after that. Right on, right on. I was six years old, and uh, I saw the very first production at the Goodman of A Christmas Carol. And that's when I knew that I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be in this who? audience all the time. And now I have to ask, who is the Scrooge? Do you remember? I have no idea. No Del? idea? Oh, would Dell have been? Dell was the Scrooge for, uh, and then they had big, when he died, you said he was going to leave his skull. For the, of course, that was a big move. <laughs> but, yeah. I, um, so my family actually, we ended up going, like, it was a, uh, this great pe- these great people we knew gifted my parents uh, tickets every year because they worked there. And we ended up going, you know, every year, and then we've maintained that tradition as of today, this year. So it's been uh, one of those things where we've gone <clears throat> every year, and I will say that the Scrooge does matter. It really makes or breaks oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the whole production. Cute. The Scrooge right now is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well, what's, what, what's his name? I can't tell you. I don't know. How, that's how good he is. Well, Dell. How long was Dell? Well, how long was Dell? I think it's Larry Yandel. That's it. That's it. Larry Yandel. Yeah. Yeah. Larry. That's it. Larry Ando is one of the city's finest actors. Sorry, Larry. I I, I do know I just, your name around November and December. I just saw him in uh, <laughs> Buried Child at Writers, who's excellent as always. My friend Mark Montgomery was in that production. What, what do you think good. of Sam Shepard? I, I like Sam Shepard. Do you? I, I have mixed feelings. I'll tell you one thing, yeah. though. 
I was at the uh, I was at the O'Rourke's when it moved over to Halsey Street. Yeah, did he I, ever come in there? He did come in there, um, and I was it just happened to be sit, sitting next to him. And so no, I I mean I have you know I've yeah. seen it, it was I thought he was an excellent actor. Yeah, I was a little ambivalent about so some around of his the plays. right stuff or something. But yeah. but what kind of cemented our little relationship that night while we're drinking was our hatred for David Mamet. <laughs> <laughs> he hated his fucking guts, uh, and he for the same reasons I do. So that was kind of a, a fun evening. I can imagine. Anyone yeah. you can uh, I mean, be with you and, know, and, and I share heard, a hate with. Well, that's why I like I hear Brecht was a prick, too, but, uh, you know, he wrote some good plays. Well, you know, and, and Mamet, you know, if you notice, Mamet you know, copied Mamet his hairstyle. Separate the art from the man, Oh, you know? fuck that. No, no, okay, all right. Um, Mamet <laughs> copied that little bang thing that Brecht had going on when he was younger. Yeah, yeah, the right. leather jacket and the bang thing. Yeah, yeah. What a pretentious pukehead. Pukehead? Yeah, pukehead. Now, you have, you told me a story about uh, a little run-in you had with uh, Mamet. Yeah, but that's, it'll take a long time. Uh, well, I, make it, don't make it take a long time. No. It's well, relevant. We, all right, we bumped into each other in London. And I mentioned that I was present at going Gary Glenn Ross when um, Mantegna had the blackout and they had to stop that. They had to stop the play and yeah, get them off the stage. And we all. Right. So, ma'am, I said, Yeah, you and about 20,000 other people I met. I said, Oh, really, asshole? I said, um, I, Roger Ebert was sitting two stools away from me. <laughs> Mark Jacobs, who you took, uh, what was a little. Uh, what was the show you liked? The one about the antique store? The, oh, the American Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, Mark Jacobs, who used some of his store, who was having his heart attack, <laughs> beginning his heart attack behind there. And I said, <laughs> and by the way, I was sitting in Pat Colander's seat, and you had, the reason I was in Pat Colander's seat is because you, Mr. Asshole, wouldn't let her come into the theater because she was doing a story for the New York Times. So, go fuck yourself. <laughs> He didn't let her in because she was writing a story for the yeah, New York Times? Yeah, he, he, so I had a ticket. I mean, I would have gone there if, if I was her, but she, she, was, she didn't want to get aggressive. Yeah. So anyway, that was... Was that uh, opening night uh, when Mantegna went it, up? It was, it was, no, it was, it was still doing like... Um, it, it was almost workshop. It wasn't the big theater as, as the Goodman. Yeah. It was in that secondary theater. That's the like a, a, legendary, a legendary actor's nightmare, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, uh, and then he and nev- apparently never missed a line when he came back. Yeah. yeah he yeah. thought his career was over. He just right. froze. Why not froze? Yeah. Wait, he just... Yes, yeah, so what happened? He just... He's, he came out... Yeah. What was the guy... Uh, P.J. Walsh or something like J.T. that. J.T. Walsh. He, he yeah. was doing a scene with him, and um, right in the beginning of the play, maybe 15 minutes in, and all of a sudden he just, and you could hear them throwing lines. There was no curtain. And they were just, yeah, just, and he's Roma, and he's, you know, it's, and, you yeah. know it's a, Al, and he, Al Pacino was Roma in the film. Oh, wow. And they had to physically, mm-hmm. physically take him off the stage. Really? Yeah. yeah. What it's, year was this? Uh, probably the early 80s. I don't this know. This is the original Goodman production of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Before it went to Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Ebert, when I went out in the lobby, we all went out in the lobby, they got us all the hell out of there. Ebert said, oh, my God, I've never seen it. I've heard so about it. So did the it. show end? 
No, no. They, they, about 20 minutes later, they said the show will continue, and he didn't meet with the fine. Yeah. And Did I, he ever say what, what happened? He said he didn't know. He thought his huh. career was over. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know that Joe Montana used to live above the River Shannon? No, I really, I really don't care. But, <laughs> but, 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 um, it's my but job so, is to so, throw out these stupid little facts. But so did Toby and the, the person we mentioned, and my horrible sister-in-law also lived up there. They had, uh, when I was out in L.A., there was a, uh, uh, a I, I went to a place called, I think it was called Chicago Joe's. And it was like, you know, authentic Chicago food in Studio City. Oh, boy, you want Chicago and food. And holy shit, it was the worst <laughs> fucking Italian beef sandwich I've ever had in my life. I think that shit still exists. Yeah, no, I think it's still there. It's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I, I've never <laughs> met Joe Mantegna, but I always wanted to go, you are committing a, a great disservice well, to Chicago You know, Mantegna wrecked him as an actor because he still talks like that. He was never able to shake that bullshit Mantegna bullshit. I mean, the... Uh, Mammoth, uh, you know, that fake, fake dialogue of mammoths. Yeah. I, I think he's done some good, uh, you know, a lot of good work, but uh, he's not he, much of a director, I'll tell you that. I, oh, he was a director, too? He directed, he directed uh, the film version of Lake Boat, which is one of my favorite mammoth plays. And, uh, wow, not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw. Hey, I'm I talking saw, shit about Joe Antonio. I, I on saw a podcast. This is great. This I is saw, gonna be great for my career. <laughs> I saw Dennis Franz at the Organic. Dennis Franz and Mantegna in Cops. I think it was some Terry Terry Curtis something or other. Yeah. Uh, was a writer, and um, it was really quite good. It's really tiny little theater, and they were both really quite good. Yeah. Before Mammoth ruined Mantegna. So it's, it's Mammoth's fault, that's all you gotta say, Steve. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved with Red Orchid? Um, geez, uh, you know, I, I, I knew and drank with uh, Mike and Guy. Uh, I didn't know Larry that well. Those are the three Larry Graham and Guy Ben Swearing and Mike was, was Larry were the founders a, was, was Larry a founder Orchid. too? He was a founder, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> they kind of strong strong armed into him into it, but uh, yeah, uh, he was a founder, and uh, um, and I just knew those guys, you know, like it really, uh, Dato was kind of my my uh, entry into Red Orchid because uh, are you she talking was a good sexually friend. entry or now? Come on, now, no. Why do you always have to go there? There's Street Jimmy going by. Look, he looks very militant. Very, he? very determined. I very think. Determined, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Dato cast me in a, a long-running play called Hell Cab, and uh, so uh, I did that, and uh, and just got to know Dato and uh, and Mike. Later on, Mike Mike was, uh, you know, kind of uh, just this wild dude who just would, you know, get drunk at parties and, and eventually take off his clothes. And yeah, I heard that. It was like, hey, it's, Mike. it's midnight. Oh, there's Mike. Yep, he's naked again. I've heard that. And just, uh, you know, and, and, you know, guy, and, you know, just got to know those guys over the years. And, uh, yeah, eventually Dato cast me in... Uh, I think what was my first show there? Pinter play, I think. Oh, uh, Stephen does great Pinter. Yeah, because that that was the Hot House. Yeah, yeah you that did that. The the Pinter, there, yeah. was quite, he's very good, yeah. especially Pinter, Pinter would have loved you. Mammoth idolized Pinter. Pinter would 
vomit now if he saw what became of Malik. You talk about him a lot, by the way, for someone who doesn't like someone. Yeah, my hatred. Just saying. When I when I focus Bruce, on my you, hatred. What do you have against Israel exactly? Uh. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Um. So uh, you were in here last night with the big uh, Red Orchid party. That was a nice raucous affair. Yes. Uh, uh, everyone, gosh, this place is filled up. In a and heartbeat. Guy, Guy announced that he married the baby mama. Oh, mm-hmm. There yep, was a, a, a marriage announced announcement. A, yeah, announced Linda, so publicly. Linda and Guy are officially uh, hitched. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was a beautiful moment. It was. Um... Wait, okay, tell me, actually, do tell me about, uh, Bruce yeah. keeps talking about all these voices you can do. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he's, he's a goddamn actor. Yeah, I'm an so actor. Not all actors do can voices, do voices. How, how about just like, ask like, him? Like, uh, impressions? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he can do a British accent. He I can, can do, do a an, Southern. I, I can do an H.B. Ward impersonation. Oh, oh good. Boy. Yeah. 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 Watch me uh, act inappropriately towards women at the bar. That's that's my my H.B. Ward. And so we should also really very appropriate. We should also quickly. He's always who, remorseful though. Yeah. Quickly explain who H.B. is for, for people who don't know. H.B. is the guy that competes with parts. All, uh, for that's not who part. he is. Yes, who is he? He's well, an no. actor. Well, no, he's a great. He's a great he, actor. He's a good friend well, of mine. And no, he's he's. He's one, he's but good, yeah, we do go. He's a good uh, friend of we're mine. Up, we're up for a lot of but same parts. He, um, I call him. Um, well, he's some marine boy. I mean, he spent like when first time I met. I somebody told me like he worked on a nuke sub for about five six years. I said so when I saw him next time. He says, you know, when I used to work on a, nu- on a nuclear submarine. He said, you worked on a nuclear submarine. I said, hell yeah. I said I was, you know. Really? What did you do? Well, then I kind of, unfortunately, I wasn't able <laughs> I don't know anything about a nuclear submarine. <laughs> so he started to be a little, qu- question me. But he's a very lovable guy, but he's a total terrible fucking uh, out of control drunk when he really gets off the, uh, <laughs> so it becomes a problem. And he does say inappropriate things to pretty much everyone. But anyway, he's a very, he right he's a very sweet guy. We're, we're very different. We're, we're very different actors, but we both happen to be Paunchy guys in our fifties, and uh, well, so no, we we're get, gonna have we'll have we, HB. We can grow on. Beards, I'm, I'm looking forward know. to having HB. <laughs> but but Liz, I would like to ask Stephen while he's here if he has some more interesting things he'd like to talk okay, about. Okay, I listen. I'm just trying to follow your parameters. Oh yeah, a, well, follow me then. I'm just Stephen. Yes. Keep on. Onward. Well, anyway, so Bruce, uh, you know, he enjoys <laughs> the fact that you know me and me and HB have this uh, quasi. Rivalry slash friendship, and uh, it's because Bruce I, is a drama king. Right, exactly. So he likes to foster that sort of thing and uh, theatrical. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I was honored to be uh, uh, to have my portrait uh, painted by Bruce. Far at least two years before HB. Right, exactly. But then you painted HB, and where did you put him, Bruce? Right next to <laughs> right next to. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think that was calculated? You know, it's I couldn't fun. believe it. It's you so cruel calculated. Bastard. Yeah, it's, it was calculated. This whole yeah. portrait thing in the Ale House. We took is a portrait so, down recently. Too. Yeah, oh. the whole portrait thing in the Ale House is so serious. That's it causes serious. so much angst, so much happiness, and so much angst, depending but on what side. Of, I mean, you're not, on. not all the time. I mean, a lot of times it's just like this person doesn't really hang out here that much no. anymore and that's yeah. it. They go bye-bye. Yeah. Or a, they misbehave. Or they yeah. misbehave. We had yeah. a big dramatic to-do with a portrait coming down this past week for someone who misbehaved. 
Um, the HB just went up. Now you know whenever your portrait goes up, some, you're so happy. Somebody when somebody goes down, when someone goes up, <laughs> we're out of, you're out of wall space. And I mean, I'm not. It's it's when your portrait goes up, it is pretty exciting. I remember when mine went up, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is. Where's yours? One of the best moments of my life. It's uh, right behind where I usually sit. So oh, okay. It's to the right of the. I think she's the door. Be, you're between. Uh, Lee, Lee and, and uh, Prima Donnas. Prima Donnas. Yeah. Prima um, Donnas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you walk into the bar, to the right booth, right above it. Okay. So, yeah, it was a, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. So, but I wonder if people think it's a big deal. Well, those who are still around you and find out. how many people out. ask me when I'm going to paint their painting? I know. Now, there used to be a shortcut for girls if they get naked for me. Right. But now that I'm in my dotage, and I know Rock and Roll Ruth doesn't want me uh, doing that. So uh, rock and roll root for the, would you well, be mad? And, and you don't you don't have like like contact with a lot of like Polish hookers like you used to. <laughs> no, that was and boy, but that was traumatic almost when I lost them. Yeah, that they, was just yeah, so. They, they, they produced you, a lot of great art. It, it did. Yeah. It produced a lot of great. So art. when if you lost Polish hookers, it meant you actually found them. You found Polish hookers. They were the when I had my little studio over there. There was a Polish passport, a passport office, and one. It's in my book, asshole. I read, I read it. I'm yeah. trying to tell it for the listeners. Tell oh, the story. Right. Well, anyway, yeah, I'll not just, everyone's I'll be brief. read your. your I know. I'll be, I'll be um, uh, unbelievably. I'll be, I'll be brief. So anyway, I was painting, and there was the, the guy, the manager, the gay manager of the building, had cats just running around the building. Well, one got in my studio. Rather than chase him, because it was, I had this great big studio, all kinds of shit, and the cat just running around. So I opened the door, hoping the cat would eventually get the hell out of there. And I'm painting some naked chick on my, you know, which I tend to do. Well, then this really good looking broad with this thick Polish accent says, just walks in and says, you know, would you like to paint me? I said, well, yeah. Um, but she says, well, so we finally come up with a deal. I could paint her naked, but she wanted one for her. I could keep one. So, I mean, kind of a really kind of, you know, leg spread. All right, all uh, right, all right. Let's all right, well, they were great, great, great art. It was erotica. Yeah, it was erotica. Very sophisticated. So anyway, she then, <laughs> she then started bringing more, more of her little Polish girlfriend. I don't know what the hell was going on at the passport office, but that was certainly not passport. Yeah, it was all a front, always a front. Yeah. So, uh, so for a while, I had access to about you know eight or nine really smoking hot, naked, high class uh, Polish workers. How do you know they're high class? Because I looked at them. What does that mean? I mean, these were not little street broads. These were, you know... High-priced. Very high-priced. Did yeah. you have to pay them? No. Just gave no. Them a, you just handed them a painting? A, they yeah. handed them a painting, that, that's yeah. That sounds classy to me. Yeah. Were you still painting on uh, cardboard then, or...? Uh... Uh, I did a lot of cardboard, yeah. yeah. That's it took preferred. me. It took me forever to realize why all the... All the portraits had the same color background. The, yeah, and then it's because, like for a while, I was like, "That's an interesting choice that he's uh, making." Uh, well, it's certainly like no, no, actually, oh, that's all cardboard. Okay, it's a cool, right, it's a see. cool method that he explained to me yeah. a couple of times. No, Bruce, oh. when you, when you, when you, I hate to even talk about this, when you pass on. No, no, it's getting there now. When we're, no, we're, 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 what, what will happen? To all the, like, will I be allowed? Circle, will I be allowed to take my my portrait and well, sell it I, on I, eBay for thirty dollars? I would think that. Uh, well, by that time, these things, yeah, they're, 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 
I mean, they'll be absolutely hard, almost impossible to buy. They're going to be so expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I would think that um, if um, my heirs have a brain in their heads, which I think they do, mm. I don't think they will mess with the portraits. I think they are going to want to keep all the Elliots they can yeah. here. I honestly don't think you're going to be taking a dirt nap anytime soon. I think you're going to terrorize us for some Well, I like to years. hear that. That's reassuring. Mm-hmm. I I still get but will I be able to take my own portrait? But why would you want to take it? Wouldn't you want it here where it would be, you know... Where like in the Guggenheim or something? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. much okay. a good... It's kind of a... All right. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. All right. I think that's... Uh, I, think you want, I think we want to keep this intact. Yeah. You should really write that down. You know, one of the first... Oh, like when I'm dead, that's going to make a big deal. That's why people write shit down. Yeah, right. So, yeah. This is what I would like. Yeah, you know what? Let Arth- me let me give you a list of things and how I want it. You know, when Arthur died, the only request he had was not to be cremated. You know how fast Beatrice cremated? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. He he. That was his only request. Please don't cremate me. Why didn't he want to be cremated? See him up there. See that jar up there? Yeah, I know. I've, I don't I've know. Seen him I don't day. know why. Oh, you know, brother. before I gotta say before Bruce came to respect me, uh, you know, because of my acting talent, that's, you know, I don't know if maybe I'm stretching it a little bit. No, I, res- I do respect, respect you. But uh, he was like, you know, the, the kind of mean guy that, you know, at the bar that, you you know, you didn't want to fuck with. And, uh, but one time, at one, at one point, like I, you know, I, it was my birthday and I came in here right before, I think it was soon before I was going to move to L.A., and I approached Bruce, and I was just like, you know, sir, <laughs> sir, I've been coming here for a very long, you know, since before I was, you know, since I was a kid, and I love this place, and I uh, just wanted to thank you for many years of fun. And Bruce, uh, uh, you know, promptly went back and, and got me a, uh, uh, a print of, uh, that I still have of, of Le Premier Dive Bar with the with the girl raising oh, her skirt, nice two me. girls raising her skirt. What, what a nice guy! I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I was he's a. Got a of, he's happened, got a heart of gold beneath happened. his ru- gruff exterior. Oh yeah. He's a softy on the inside. I am. Like, people are. don't understand. He's like a, a big like toasted marshmallow. Yeah, I am. Ask Rock and Roll Ruth, a little, little puppy dog. I am. That's uh, so, <laughs> so Steve, when that happened, did you like have a moment where you're like, I made it. I'm in. No, that didn't come till like years later when he saw <laughs> when he saw me in a play and he, oh. you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, it's you, like you almost know, have to he, prove him yourself I, to you, him. You do, well, you that's, do. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's a, He's an odd little fella. You know, that's putting put it putting it mildly. <laughs> All right, I think, and we're kind of ending on a high note about how yeah. nice I am. Yeah. I like that. That's a good high note. Yeah. So. Um, Stephen, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Always appreciate uh, seeing you in the bar. Yeah. Hanging oh, out. I'm, I'm you sure you're well. looking forward to seeing him in his next play. Too. I absolutely, absolutely. I always like to support the work of my fellow regulars. Mm-hmm. Uh, always. Um, and we've had a really long weekend. You went away for the weekend. I went away for the weekend. Yeah. And I think we're just also just tired. Um, yeah, I think it was... Are you, are you all right? Did you have a good nap today? Uh, I had two <laughs> mediocre naps. You had two... Oh, that's right. I forget. So we describe his life like a baby. I asked him to describe his day for me. How was, how was nappy time? Yeah. He wakes yeah. up. He has a snack. He watches TV. 
He takes a nap. He takes a nap. He gets up. He watches TV. Maybe writes. Has a snack. Has a nap. Wakes up. Watches TV. Has a snack. Takes a nap. Comes to the bar. Um, So aside from the bar part. The question I have for you is, how do you write three fantastic books and basically a museum quality art collection in in a famous bar? How do you do that? If you're I just napping. I guess it's naps. Do you, do, you, do you, I mean, is there any at point that maybe I do those things? Um, thanks for asking. I had a really tiring day, too. Uh, <laughs> I woke up at 3.50 a.m. Why? Uh, because Paul McCartney tickets in London, in the U.K., were going on sale at 10 a.m. U.K. time. And uh, I've, it's always my... I have this thing where... Um, if I have a, a band that I love, and my, one of my favorite bands are the Beatles, uh, and if I have a band that I love, I've always wanted to go see them in their home country or home city. So when I found out that Paul McCartney was playing in London and Liverpool, I'm like, okay, this is it. The guy's getting older. I'm getting older. If I can get tickets, I'm going to go. So I woke up, started getting into the Ticketmaster line, and lo and behold, I got two tickets for his show in Liverpool. And I was wow. like, oh, my God. And so I'm checking out, and they wouldn't let me buy the tickets because I didn't have a U.K. billing address. Ha-ha. Well, I, so. I don't understand ha, ha. that. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. And I'm like, I'm like, who do I know in the U.K. who's up? And I knew a couple people, but I didn't have their numbers. And I'm like, Phil the Mogul. And I'm like, no, he's in Chicago, and it's 4 a.m. But, but I bet he still owns he, property in, in London. Well, and the that funny thing is I was bill? telling him the story earlier, and he actually was awake. So anyway, i got to find other means to maybe try to get to this show. Um, but alas, anyway, so I was a little tired today because I had a really wonky uh, schedule because uh-huh. of that. Well, I would have never guessed it. You're a real but again, trooper. Again, thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Rock and Roll Ruth, thanks so much for always being on the ready with our drinks. Jordan, a shining star. Jordan's our hero. Our personal Jesus. We're Without a beard. And I get <laughs> beardless each, Jesus. Each, each, way, each week I get a little more nervous that Hollywood's going to steal know, it from me us. Too. I bet you Jesus would have gotten farther in life had he not had a beard. That's my opinion. He wouldn't have been crucified, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, he was a smart ass. He, he, he we just, can't crucify him. He he's, opened he's, his mouth to the wrong people. Uh, little, little Mr. Smarty Pants uh, Jesus. Say goodnight, genius. Goodnight, genius. Uh, thanks everybody for listening we will catch you next week